Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast, and I am sharing my book, The Last Witch, a chapter a week. This week is chapter 10. Enjoy. A heavy silence hung over the clearing as I took my place and looked at each of them in turn. Evelyn kept her eyes focused on the board, but I could see the impatience and rage on her face. The end was coming. She couldn't wait much longer. I looked at her for a little while, thinking about how I would have to kill her. It was the only way I could survive, but it still worried me. I hoped I would be able to do it when the time came. Blade's eyes met mine as I turned to him. He smiled, but his face was worried. He looked as handsome as ever, and the thought of destroying him was something I couldn't consider. He looked at my pocket, where the card he had given me was glowing brighter than ever. Evelyn saw it. Her dark little eyes went wide with rage, and she jumped up. Enough! This ends now! The game is over! She screamed and threw down a small pouch of sand. It glowed red against the game board for a moment, before exploding up into the air. It created a massive sandstorm, and I lost sight of Blade and Evelyn. The swirling sands made it impossible to see anything that was more than a foot away. It got into my eyes and nose and burned like fire. I covered my face with my hands and waited. After a while, the winds slowed. The sand settled on my shoulders and hair, and I lowered my hands. The maze was gone. There was no hedge to be seen, just miles and miles of forest, populated with thin red trees that looked as if they were made of glass. Blade and Evelyn were nowhere to be seen. I ignored the feeling of pure terror in the pit of my stomach and began to walk through the trees in an uncertain direction. I didn't think it would matter what direction I chose. Evelyn was out for blood, and she would find me. I just needed to be prepared. The forest was absolutely silent. Even my footsteps were muted by the hard brown earth. I continued slowly through the trees, looking all around, but seeing nothing except the brown rolling hills beyond. I stopped. There was no point in exhausting myself before I had to fight. I leaned against a tree and waited. I would make them come to me. I didn't have to wait long. There was a horn call from far off, and the ground began to tremble with the concussion of gigantic footsteps. Evelyn appeared through the tall, spindly trees, riding on the shoulder of a giant. Another fairy tale come to life, he towered above the trees and mimicked their shape, tall and incredibly thin. He wore a long red robe and carried a huge, ornate sword the color of rubies. There was a long scratch down his face, dripping blood and matching the fresh one on Evelyn's cheek. He bellowed and charged forward with the sword lowered at me, ready to skewer me. I scrambled quickly off to the side, and he drove his sword through several trees, shattering them into a thousand jagged pieces. I darted in and out of the trees, trying to put distance between us, but he was at my heels in a moment. I could hear Evelyn screaming and encouraging him to slice off my head. Suddenly, Duma's voice thundered out of my backpack. His roar stopped the giant in his tracks, but Evelyn became crazed. She whipped the giant and urged him on with even more vehemence. She knew she had found her missing piece. The giant's indecision gave me just enough time to put a hill between us. As I ran down the other side, the dirt gave way under my feet, sending me straight down into a hidden cave. I had vanished by the time the giant cleared the hill. 
and he froze in confusion. Evelyn kept screaming. Her shrill commands were cut short by the sound of wings and rushing wind. From my hiding place, I saw the bulbous shape of Nephil pass overhead. The effect of his collision with the giant was deafening, and the earth shook around me. I heard Evelyn cry out and saw her fall from her perch and run away. The giant and dragon were entwined in a vicious battle. The dragon tore into the giant's arm with his sharp little teeth. The giant retaliated with a blow from his mighty sword. But the emerald scales repelled the attack without leaving a mark. There was fear in the giant's voice as he called out, raising his hands to his face as Nephil lunged forward, taking his neck in his teeth and crunching down hungrily. The giant fell. A river of blood coursed from his open throat. Nephil turned and saw me. He nodded to me as I ignored my fear and revulsion and struggled out of the cave. My service to you is complete. I wish you the best of luck, mistress. You will need it. He jumped straight into the sky and flew away. He disappeared just as Evelyn came over the hill to my left. She was not alone. A man stood at her side. It was not Blade. I had not seen him since the sandstorm, but there had been little time to wonder where he had gone. The man beside Evelyn held my attention now. He was clearly the next challenge, and I wondered what was in store for me. He was dressed all in black. The only speck of color on him was a red silk handkerchief tied around his throat. The wide brim of his black hat hid his eyes, but I could see a black waxed mustache perched above his menacing smile. He carried a mace in one hand and a long black whip in the other. With one swift flick of his wrist, the man wrapped the whip around my ankles and knocked me to the ground. My fingers clawed at the earth, trying to hold on while he dragged me toward him. Evelyn sat off to one side on a fallen tree. A shattered branch had cut her leg, but she was oblivious to the blood pooling at her feet. Her entire being was focused on me and awaited my imminent destruction. The man pulled me to him and plucked the bag from my back. I clung to it, fighting with what strength remained until he kicked me in the jaw. Lights flashed before my eyes and I let go. He tossed the bag to Evelyn. She snatched it out of the air, tore it open, and pulled out Duma. Duma vine, she purred, holding the book lovingly but with malice in her eyes. I've missed you. It has been so many years since we parted, and I have had such difficulty finding you. You have been very evasive, but now we are reunited. There is only one more thing we need. No. Duma's voice was a hoarse whisper. He sounded very afraid. The fresh spilled blood of the last witch of Norg Hollow. She gave the man a nod and he pulled the whip from my ankles. Stand up. He had a thick accent that I couldn't place. He removed his hat, revealing dark hair that fell to his waist. I could finally see his eyes. And that was when I began to be afraid. The look in his eyes was pure evil. There was no anger, no remorse, no hint of any emotion, just the darkest power known in this world, and probably all others. I stood before him with my body frozen in terror. I knew I was going to die, but I couldn't find the words to save myself. All spells were lost to me, and all I could do was stand there and watch him. My hands fell to my sides, and I bowed my head. I gave up and prepared to die a failure to my ancestors. I was not strong enough to keep the dark power from coming back into this world. 
As he raised the mace high above his head, my hand fell on the card in my pocket. Blade's heart. I took it out and held it over my heart, my head still bowed, waiting for the blow to fall. The card glowed in my hand and became red hot. It burned my fingers and I dropped it on the ground. It cast a beam of red light into the sky that reflected off the trees and blinded the man, who lowered his mace to shield his eyes from the intense glare. Evelyn stood with her hands over her eyes and was unaware as I slipped past her. There was a cry from the hill above, and Blade stood silhouetted against the lights bouncing off the trees. He held the club in one hand and the purple and blue pot in the other. He ran at the man in black with the club held high. As he passed, he tossed me the pot, which I managed to clumsily catch without spilling the contents. Blade brought the club down toward the man's exposed head, but he countered with his mace and whipped Blade's feet out from under him in one fluid movement. I set the pot down and ran back to help Blade, but Evelyn tackled me. I went down hard. We fought and clawed at each other, but I couldn't focus on her. The man stood over Blade with a cruel smile on his lips. He held the mace just above Blade's face, letting it drop every so often to scratch the tip of his nose. Blade was pinned down under the man's large black boot, and the whip bound his hands. I tried to move, but Evelyn had me pinned. I watched in horror as the man raised the mace and swung it around his head a few times. I managed to work my hands down to the dagger I had tied at my waist. I silently blessed Valencia in her insistence that I dressed like a witch. It was proving very useful. I managed to get the knife up near Evelyn's hand. The man was still swinging the mace, and Evelyn was absorbed in watching him. In one swift motion, I cut her fingers from her hand and pushed her away. She cried out as blood spurted out of the stubs, but I had already turned and plunged my knife deep into the man's abdomen. His eyes bulged, but he didn't utter a sound. The mace fell, and Blade rolled out of the way just in time. I cut the whip from his wrists. Evelyn threw herself at me and knocked me down. The knife flew out of my hand. The man staggered after Blade, again raising the mace. Evelyn dug her nails into my arm, and I struggled to break free. She bit me on the shoulder, drawing blood and spitting a piece of my flesh onto the ground. She grinned at me, a hideous, bloody grin that made my insides churn. Blade ran to the purple and blue pot. I had left it near the base of a tree, and he grabbed it and climbed up into the branches. He called to his sister, drawing her attention from the taste of my blood, and her eyes grew round. She released me and raced to the nearest tree as Blade cast the pot down, shattering it on the ground. Casey, get over here. I ran to him and he grabbed my arm, pulling me into the tree beside him. One of the lower branches broke when I stepped on it, slicing open my leg and spilling blood on the ground. Below us, amidst the pieces of broken pottery, were snakes. Their bodies were so black that they shone blue and purple in the sun. As they writhered over each other, they multiplied and slithered toward the man in black. He was dazed from losing so much blood and unable to run. He screamed and flailed his arms as he tried in vain to escape. The snakes swarmed over him and devoured him as they went. When there was nothing left of his body, they lay, full and content, in the warm sun, and fell asleep. Evelyn cursed her brother and I in a foreign tongue. Blade spoke back in the same language, and an argument broke out between them. Their words were sharp and took shape in the air. Something was growing. It hung like a heavy gray cloud between them. As they argued, their voices rose until the earth shook and the pitch became unbearable. It was cut short by the steady thump of thousands of marching feet. Over the hills came the elves and fairies, 
armed with swords, clubs, knives, and bows. They formed a wide circle around the three of us. They wouldn't look at us, but gazed steadily just above our heads, without speaking a word. I felt afraid as I looked at their solemn faces and fierce weapons. Without taking my eyes off them, I slipped my hand into my pocket and felt the amulet Valencia had given me. I didn't remember putting it there, but I stroked the smooth stone and was comforted by it. There was a loud sound, and trees began popping up all around us. They weren't like the red trees. They looked like they were made of some kind of cookie, and would have been perfect growing around the home of the old woman with all the cats. These trees bore faces, and they were angry. We were surrounded. They towered menacingly above us. One raised Evelyn to its face and sniffed her. It placed her on its shoulder, and she laughed, her voice deepening and growing shrill in turns. The trees closed in around us. Blade and I stood with our backs touching, unable to escape. Then Duma began to sing. He was laying amongst the trees, abandoned and forgotten in Evelyn's desire to see me destroyed. He was singing a deep, melodious tune, which drew the attention of the trees. While they were distracted, I dove through a space between their roots and crept unseen through them. Evelyn noticed my absence and began shouting. In the confusion, I grabbed Duma and ran. The fairies and elves were seated in the branches of the red trees and watched us with detached expressions. They whistled in unison when they saw me and pointed out my direction. The trees lumbered after me. Casey, the vial! Get the vial! Duma screamed over the thunderous pounding of the tree's footsteps. I patted my pockets and pulled out the small vial, Valencia's last attempt to save me. I looked at the label, the word gooey emblazoned on the tag in shimmering letters. Evelyn was cackling and urging the trees onward. I had no other options. I opened the bottle. Immediately I heard Valencia's voice, calm and melodious, calling gooey over and over again. There was a strange sound, kind of like waves rolling into the shore, but thicker. Over the hills came a huge, pudding-like creature. His face was friendly, and he smiled as he lifted me in one messy hand and blade in the other. He oozed over to the tallest of the red trees and placed us safely among the silent, watching fairies. The other trees froze when Gooey appeared, and a deep silence fell over the strange forest. Only Evelyn continued shrieking orders and kicking the tree on which she rode. Her tiny feet dislodged pieces of the tree, and large crumbs crashed to the ground. Gooey seemed agitated by the sound of her voice, and he turned in her direction. He rolled forward, absorbing the trees into his massive form, and didn't slow his progress as he closed in on Evelyn. Her screams were muffled as she disappeared into a thick, chocolatey doom. He rolled lazily over the rest of the trees, but the battle was over the moment Evelyn vanished. The fairies and elves left immediately. Their faces remained blank and bored as they flitted away. Gooey slopped over and lifted us down from our perch. He smiled at us, and then slid over the hills and out of sight. A powerful wind picked up and swirled all around us. Blade wrapped his arms around me, and we lowered our heads against the red sand that once again blocked out everything around us. I held Duma tight against me until the winds died down. We were once again in the center of the maze. As we parted, I noticed Blade looked sick. His face was pale, and he swayed slightly, as if gravity was too strong, and he had to constantly fight against it. Dropping Duma to the ground, I took Blade's hands. 
They were ice cold and clammy. He tried to give me a weak smile, but his legs gave out and he slumped to the ground. I sat with him and cradled his head in my lap. After a while, he finally seemed to notice me again, and he smiled. Casey. His voice was a ragged whisper. I smiled and tried to keep my expression reassuring as I waited for him to continue. It took a few minutes. His breathing was labored and harsh. He struggled to form the words. You have to kill me. You have to. No. I couldn't stop the tears that rolled down my face. One landed on his cheek, and he cried out in pain. You have to, Casey. I must be destroyed. I don't want to hurt you, but I will if you let me live. Please do it quickly. There's so much pain. The other one wants to return, and I am doing everything I can to fight it off. But I am so weak. He began coughing. His body convulsed and his face was twisted in agony. There was a small trickle of blood at the corner of his mouth when the coughing subsided. He looked at me with eyes so full of pain that I could not refuse his request. I looked around, unsure of how to do it. All traces of the battle were gone except for the giant's sword. It lay at the bottom of the fountain, shrunken and dull without the magic of the other world. In the sun it cast a red glow up from the murky water. I tried to lift the sword. It was much heavier than I expected, but I spoke a few quick words for strength and pulled it out. I dragged it behind me as I slowly approached Blade. He lay on the ground, staring straight up at the sky, but his eyes saw nothing until I stood over him. He smiled at me and softly spoke my name. His voice was almost gone. I knelt over him and kissed his forehead. He pulled me down to him and gathered all his remaining energy for one last kiss. I pulled away so my tears wouldn't hurt him again. They coursed down my face as I raised the sword high above my head. Blade smiled and closed his eyes. His expression was one of pure peace. He didn't say another word, and I closed my eyes as I brought the blade down. And that is the end of Chapter 10. Book lovers, I hope you're enjoying The Last Witch. I will be back next week with another chapter. I hope you have a wonderful week, and until next time, keep reading. A Media Production.